Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com. Along with me today is the one, the only, the infamous Grizz Taylor Jenkins. It's a great day on the podcast, Grizz Jenkins. I'm always yelling it's a good at day. all of you. It's a good why. day. I can see why. I'm an, I'm an excitable <laughs> guy. I'm an excited guy. I'm a guy who gets the people going. And, and we get the people... people going more than exactly. Grizz Jenkins. Well, free this guy right here. This guy right here. This guy right here. Ryan Suckup, Grizz Jenkins. He's back, baby. Ryan Suckup. The beautiful automatic leg of Ryan Suckup from the 2020 Bucks Super Bowl season is back in Tampa Bay. We are going to talk about that on the podcast today. We're going to talk about why the timing of his re-signing with the Bucks is perfect but also hilarious because I was already titling this show. Always what is going on with Bucks free agents? And then they signed one. And so, cause we had like two days of silence. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what's going on with the other Bucks free agents. We might have a Bucks free agent even sign while we're on the podcast to give us Let's some hope. live content and no Bucks free agents have signed anywhere else. Taylor, we've got to talk about that too. All of it coming up on the pewter report Cup podcast brought to you by our friends over at Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy and the energy we are feeling right now is coming from Celsius strawberry guava healthy energy zero sugar accelerates metabolism burns body fat tastes like straight from the heavens nectar sparkling strawberry especially that flavor especially Especially. that flavor best flavor they got now, Taylor, you had tried this flavor before me because you were the first one on to Celsius, yep. as you always like to tell us. And you tried this flavor and you said, strawberry guava, it's up there. You got to try it. So as soon as I got strawberry guava, I literally threw one in the fridge immediately. As soon as it got cold, tried it. Unbelievable. You were, you were not lying to me at all. This is probably, it might be my favorite, blueberry pomegranate, uh, um, orange sickle. I'm trying to think what else. Kiwi guava is really good. There's a lot of good flavors. So go to Celsius.com, find a store near you that carries it. Uh, also, you can find you can go on Amazon. You can order uh, from the, uh, um, the the variety pack on Amazon. Check that out for Celsius for sure. These things are taking over the world. You've probably seen them already. They're all over the place. Uh, but they were on they were on with your boys before they were even that big. Yep. You know, now they're blowing up everywhere, and it's great stuff. So everybody knows why. So definitely check out Celsius. Get some for y'all today. John is hyped. Hyped. Jeremy says you're you're right. Well, I'm hyped. hyped. I mean. We're literally about to watch a team bring back every single player that matters from a Super Bowl team. That's never been done before. It's crazy. Yep. To be a part of covering it, crazy. Ryan Suckup back in the building. Obviously an unbelievable season, the best season in Bucks uh kicker history uh Bucks last history. season. And yeah, Bucks history, right. You Bucks kicker Period. history. Bucks, yeah. Not Bucks, just kicker. Bucks history for best a kicker. season in Bucks history, yes. any position. Right. Scott ever. Scott Federico says maybe Scott was too hyped to come on the podcast. Yes, Scott was scheduled to not be on the podcast. I'm honestly surprised. We haven't even heard from him since this happened. It's been 24 minutes, I believe, since the tweet went out the rhymes, and we have not heard from Scott. Hopefully he is not hammered somewhere 
out of his mind, unable to process this great moment because Ryan Suckup is a Buccaneer for the next three years, and this is life or death to Scott. I mean, this was everything. Yeah, drinking um, Celsius vodkas. Scott vodka literally Celsius. wrote this in an article here, Taylor. He wrote in an article this past week that – Ryan Suckup, in some ways, Ryan Suckup was as important a free agent signing as Tom Brady. And I changed the sentence. He doesn't know that. Hopefully he won't read, listen to this podcast. Hopefully he's not listening live. I changed the sentence to say something a little bit less likely to get yeah. people coming after him on Twitter because I love the man. But that's how much he loves Ryan Suckup, and that's how much he suffered. And you've suffered as well watching these kickers yeah. over the years. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it on the pod. I've written about it a couple times extremely dubious record that the Bucks have had last year was the ninth consecutive opening day in which the Bucks have had a new starting kicker. We've right. seen the Matt Gaze, the Nick Folks, the Chandler Catanzaros, the Roberto Aguayos, the Matt Bryants, the everybody who has come through this Bucks locker room for the past nine years as a kicker was gone by opening day the next year. And finally, finally, John, we have Ryan suck up. So I cannot blame I cannot blame Scott for thinking that he is so important. We've seen games right. lost. I mean, when you look back on some of, I think, if you talk to some fans, you'll look back at a, at a game. Martin Gramatica kicked a game-winning field goal against the Eagles in, in December, I believe it was, late season. And, I mean, that's such a huge moment. And then for every one right. of those moments you have in, in Bucks history, you know, it, you just you you have so many years of just – dead flat games right. lost and so it's so massive it was so massive for him to kick the way he did i think looking back he was i th uh not, not field goal percentage of 90.3 i think that was the highest rate with a yeah. certain um number of kicks attempted he was nearly perfect 52 of 57 on extra points it's a deeper extra point the last few years and i think one or two of those was blocked in the regular season like someone said here in our comments build a statue. I don't think it is a, I don't think it's a coincidence that Ryan Suckup comes in and the Bucks won a Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely not. He was actually a huge part of what they did. There's no question about that. Also, they put him in great situations too, uh, because he wasn't going to be kicking a lot of 50 plus yard field goals, nope. which is what's ailed him. So I want to get to the details on Ryan Suck. We're amped to have Ryan Suckup back. There's also a matter of cost with Ryan Suck. We need to talk about that. Because it's very important. History has shown us it's not wise to give kickers a lot of money, especially for a long time. And so what's the details here? We know it's $12 million. We know that uh, he got $12 million total over a three-year deal, $6.25 million guaranteed. So the guarantee is not, not too bad. I mean, that's fifty a little over 50% of it. So not too bad. But over a short deal, you're imagining it's pretty front-loaded. Uh, Greg Alman from The Athletic tweeted that his 2021 cap number should be about $2.8 million. We're not sure about the Aaron Stinney deal, the details of that one yet, but the Bucks didn't have that much cap space going into the day, and so now they've probably used most of that. Uh, so now there's a restructure probably happening for somebody, and then uh, that will create room for the other moves they need to make. That's kind of how the Bucks do it. They kind of work as they go and just kind of restructure here and there and do things as yeah. they go. So now – so Suckup's cap number for this season is low, which is good, $2.8 That's fine. Next season, it will probably be higher. Next season, it's probably the rest of the guarantee. So what is that, 3.8 or something like that. So it's going to be higher next season for sure. Next season, the Bucks also have a ton of cap space. So that's probably how the no void years in this one. So they're not kicking any money down the road per se. 
So basically what they need is suck up to be good this season. If he's good this season, yeah. then next season, obviously, you know, he plays – he's worth the money that they're paying him, and then we'll see what happens next season. But once it's underway, you know, anybody's guess what's going to happen. But, you know, this is the season they really need him to be good in. And so um, if he's good in this season, he earns his contract for next year, and then after that he's probably – they're probably able to get out of it without any – I would guess any cap it uh, at that point for 2023. So it looks like a lot on paper. The way it's structured, though, the guarantees up front, uh, it's going to be front-loaded. Again, I'm not a big fan of paying a kicker, period. Um, so it does matter how it's structured, though, and this one looks like the Bucs yeah. did a pretty good job of it. Also, the Bucs are in such a good cap situation long-term that it's not really that big of a concern right now. Um, if you didn't listen to the podcast yesterday, uh, yesterday we had Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus cap expert, um, contracts guy that was on talking about the Bucs, and we asked him straight up, are the Bucs in trouble with how much they're kicking the can down the road with some of these void years? And he said, not even close. They're not even close to being in a bind. They, he said the biggest difference between them and the Saints, Steelers, uh, Eagles, those kinds of teams, those teams did it for years, years and years and years. And they they did it past their window where they should have kept doing it. The Saints might be doing that right now, is, is what he implied. The Bucks are entering yeah. that window, have never done it really before, haven't done that at all. Uh, they're the lowest team in the league to use that kind of a strategy. Um, and so they kind of put, have put themselves in a great situation basically moving forward. So I'm not going to get up in the air about Ryan Suckup's contract long term, but I will say it is a risk. Kickers are volatile, and you just really can't trust them. Much as I like to say you could trust yeah. Ryan Suckup, it's hard to. I never trust a kicker. I tweeted that probably if you go through my tweet history, I've never said never yeah. trust a kicker probably a thousand times, Taylor, because it's just not something you want to do. And I mean, you can see it in Pittsburgh with Chris Boswell. I mean, so great for years. I mean, yes. and things just drop off. You've seen it with Dan Bailey. And it's not like. Well, hold on, hold on. Are you slandering Chris Boswell right now? Am I? Huh? Am Are you I slandering Chris Boswell? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's just you, you see how guys have dips. I mean, yeah. you go from Chris Boswell kicking, what did he have, like seven field goals a couple years back in a December game in Heinz Field, and then you have years where, where he's not – Yeah, know, he had that perfect. one year. He had that one year where he struggled like crazy, right? And yeah, was, exactly. And then like, you have years like that. Everybody's like, he's getting not like, And then the next two years, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, he barely misses. It's crazy. And then you have Ryan Suckup, who's no spring chicken, to say the least. He's, what, a 12-year veteran, something yeah. crazy like that. Um, but you like to think that he will be – successful but the thing like you said with kickers is they are so unpredictable it's almost you don't know when it's going to happen or why it's going to happen we've seen suck up come back from an injury and struggle came back this year and was i mean phenomenal but granted you mentioned he kicked a season long from 52 in the super bowl Mm -hmm. i think he only attempted two three four something like that from 50 yards all year and but that's exactly what the bucks wanted the Bucs drafted Matt Gay. He had this massive leg. He was fully capable of kicking the ball 60, 65 yards. But what Bruce Arian said after the season, um, after Matt Gay's rookie year, last offseason, he said, we want the guys who are going to hit the gimmies. He said, hit yes. extra every single extra right. point, hit every yep. single kick from inside 30 yards. I think he was perfect from inside 40 this year. Ryan Suckup mm-hmm. was. I mean, just unbelievable. He was, per- I think, perfect from inside 40 or perfect from inside 30 with one or two misses farther than that. He was 52 of 57 from extra point. A couple of those were blocked. He nailed the gimmies. He was consistent, and Bruce Arians did not want. He said, it really sucks when you drive your offense down inside the 10-yard line, you can't convert, you end up settling for a field goal, and then you miss it. Right. He said, nothing kills an offense like doing all that work, knocking, being able to get in the end zone, and then coming away with no points. So Ryan Suckup was, I mean, we can't say he was out there, you know, kicking a bunch of 50-yarders, but he didn't have to. 
He right. was perfect where he needed to be. And if, if that's what you want from a kicker, that's exactly what you got last year. And you just hope that continues. Now, Tom Bucks fan is saying, according to Todd Sucker, it's $8.25 million first two years. All those guarantees are paid after two years. But if he's only getting, unless there's a bonus, I don't know. I have to look at the contract structure numbers exactly. But you wonder what his cap hit then is because his guarantees are low in the second year. I mean, are higher in the second year, but he might have even a bigger cap hit than that. So we'll have to look and see what those numbers look like uh, over the next two years. But they are banking on it for sure. They are going for it. Again, yeah. if their cap situation was worse, Overall, it would be hard. It would be easier to criticize this, but it is. It's basically a two-year deal, and so yeah, they are betting that he doesn't fall off this season. Again, here's the other part of it that I will have a negative, more negative reaction to it if they're not able to bring back somebody like Indominus Sue because of it. I don't anticipate that happening. Yeah, I'm just saying that's where you can't sacrifice uh, something. To, to me, is at a spot like that. Now I know kicker's important. I'm not going to act like it isn't. It's just harder to predict whether the one you signed is going to be good or not. And that matters too. Yeah. And so there's a lot of layers to it, but they really need Ryan Suckup to be great next season to justify this. Otherwise, it's going to look like a very bad contract. Um, you know, even if it doesn't necessarily kill them for next year's cap because they're in such a good spot and last year's cap could go up a ton. You know, they are kind of going forward in this window and they're saying, You're a guy that we really we really need um, you know, for, to, to win in this window. And so we'll see if he proves that he's worthy of that. It's a risk. But like yeah. I said, last year, really again, not much more suck-up could have done to earn it, right? Jason Light has spent so long trying to fix his position. He's spent yeah. so long. He is drafted too. One, he traded up in the second round. Nobody will ever let him forget it. It's over. It's done with the Bucks have a Super Bowl. We can put it in the past. But it happened. He drafted Matt Gay in the fifth. That absolutely – I was at one buck place. We were doing our live draft cast. I remember exactly where I was when they drafted Matt Gay. I was walking from the media room down to the little interview rooms where we have the live draft cast going on. They had a TV set up, you know, fifth pit, you know, fifth round pick, Matt Gay. My jaw, I almost dropped my glass of water. I was going to fill up my, my cup of water. I almost dropped it. Jaw hit the floor. That after what? trading up for Aguayo in the second. And, and what's Dude. crazy is I knew that they were interested in kickers. I actually yeah. talked to Matt Gay at the East West Shrine game that off season. Wow. And they drafted him and I went, no, 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 no. I go, they are going to come for Light's neck. This city will come for Light's neck if Matt Gay doesn't work out. So once Jason Light found that guy, found the consistent guy, locked him down. Yeah. I locked mean, I think it's down. fair to wonder, you know, I think it's a good point that you bring up though. It's fair to if this there was a little emotion in this decision for Jason Light. And most emotions by a GM or most decisions that are made by a GM out of emotion are not good decisions. And so I think it's yeah. fair to wonder that a little bit about this move. But at the same time, the reality is the reality, Taylor. We can talk about a volatile the kickers are, but at the end of the day, Ryan Suckett made 90% of his field goals last year. And what, I think he had two blocked, 28 of 31, something yeah. like that on the season. And he made 91% of his extra points. He missed five, but I think there were two of those blocked too. So, um, it's And like four of his misses came against Detroit. Three yes, or four right. came against and Detroit. That was a game that was a complete blowout. Yeah, um, a blowout. So, and Arian said he's like, yeah, he said he didn't like kicking against the turf before the game. He's never kicked he, well at Ford Field. Yeah, yeah, never. Yeah. So, so I went back happens. to look at his career. I was like, oh, four years ago he kicked a four. Yep, still bad. You know, it's weird. But he's had a good yeah. career overall. I mean, this is not a guy who's he's always been above ninety on extra points, even since they moved the extra point back. You know, even in field goals, that one year that the year he was hurt, the uh, two thousand nineteen was really the only year that he even struggled at all. And it was really, yep. it was a one for six type of season and field goals. And he still made 24, 25 extra points. You know, he didn't kick many field goals. Cause that was when that he was with the Titans, when they had that ridiculous red zone run where they barely kicked yeah. any field goals. And they, that was so, 
Right. So he really has not had a bad year per se. You know, his worst year was what going back to 2013, I think Kansas City, something like that. He really just hasn't had many bad years in his career. So he's been about as consistent as it gets, um, you know, overall. And I think that, you know, the Bucs are obviously banking on that. And with their offense, you better not need a kicker, you know, to be that great. Uh, that's, I think, what they're banking on, too, just be safe at the position. Uh, All right, John, you're back. What? Do you see that? You, yeah, yeah. I lost Did, you for a second. I thought I was going to have to take over, go in solo, but you bounced that, back. My, that was my whole screen gone. just went down. My yeah, whole screen we had the little spinning black. circle, but we're back. We're back. So Ryan, suck up. That was my whole laptop screen went black. I've got all kinds oh, of Oh, did it really? Yeah, okay. the whole screen did. I don't know why. The computer's well, we're back. And everything. Scary moment like there on the podcast. Was. Scary moment there on the podcast, but we're back. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it's a deal. that It's one of those situations, Taylor, where it's like on the surface, yes, I think you're right to be skeptical of the amount of money that they gave a kicker in this situation. On the other hand, I think Jason Lights deserved a little bit of room for yeah. grace on this one, especially considering the fact that we're talking about the best season for a kicker in Bucks history. So, you know me, I never hold back on being critical no matter what's happened recent, yep. recently with the team or with the GM, but I do think this is a situation where I get it. It might not work out, um, but – I understand the process here and the Bucks are certainly in a good enough space without, you know, with the cap and everything else that they've done, they're in a good enough space that they can, they can, you know, they can miss one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> they need one, um, you know, they need to be able to, to have the freedom to potentially make a mistake in a situation like this. It just, if it's the Bucks really season happen. comes down to one field goal, it, you know, if, if, if Ryan Suckup misses a field goal that loses at Bucks one game and that's what costs them, yeah, they've I mean, got a lot more sting. issues. Yeah, they've got a lot bigger issues. If that's what costs them their right. season, that's exactly I mean, right. granted, if it happens in the waning seconds of an NFC Championship game, that's different. That's massive. Right. But if you know it's a Week Eight miss, you know, like a Matt Gay against the Giants after kicking five or whatever field goals he had that day, yeah, then it is what it is. Right. That's what right. that happens. The best kickers in the world miss those situations. So. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's a good move for the Bucs. We're excited about it. Uh, we also recognize that it does come with some some risk. And we've, I think, presented that and laid that out. So, again, we're not trying to be biased towards what they're doing at all. But it is exciting to see a team that's had as much success as they've had, as much cohesiveness as they had last year, really make this concerted effort to bring everybody back. But it's not just who they've brought back, Taylor. The Bucs have not lost anyone that no is, one that's crazy dude like the, yeah. i mean not nobody they have 19 for, well now they have 18 with suck up free agents they've re-signed six guys now at this point nobody has left um it's it's remarkable no one's gone to another team we've heard interest from the patriots and leonard fournette interest from the seahawks and leonard fournette interest in rakeem known as roach as a defensive tackle uh from the bucks by the patriots uh we wrote a story today we know the bills talked to rob gronkowski at some point but all that has resulted in nothing. Nobody's left at this point in time. Some people will leave. Not every human being yeah. from last year's roster will be back. But pretty dang close to that. We'll probably when you re-sign all these major players and you lose Jack Sitchi, it's like, okay, I think they did their job. I think they did okay. And right. I know I always get flack because the two things I talk about on this podcast, three, I guess, are my longtime Celsius love, uh, Dewey and USF. But it's an old mantra for USF recruiting that's been here, I mean, through coach after coach after coach, that you build a wall around Tampa. Um, They say it every time, you know, you've got all this talent in Tampa. They go off to the Floridas, the Florida States, the Miamis. If you can build a wall around Tampa and keep your guys here, you can have a good football team. And it's really the same mantra that the Bucs have built. They go, we've got this team. We won a Super Bowl. 
you know, and I think ahead of schedule, I think most people realistically thought, yeah, the Bucks are going to make a step forward in 2020, but 2021's the year when, you know, that's when they put everything together and they have the full off season and everybody's gelled and they know the offense, they know the defense and everything comes together in 21, 21's year and they're already ahead of schedule. But right. then you come into this off season they, and, and Bruce Arians, he said, he said there, you know, after the thing, he said, your, your butt ain't going anywhere. Your butt ain't, ain't going anywhere. And he's re-signed them all. He's right. got Levante David. He's got Shaq Barrett. You know, he's got all of these guys back. Chris Godwin, Ryan Suckup, and now they continue. Can you bring in Dominican Subak? They've taken the ultimate, put a wall around it, don't let these guys go. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, and, right. And why, I mean, when you have a, when you have a roster that you clearly know yes. can go out there and beat, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but this Kansas City Chiefs team is one of the best I have ever seen in my lifetime. Agreed. They're one of the best football teams I've ever seen in the last two years. And the Bucks went out there and wiped the floor with them. That may right. have been an off day for the Chiefs. It may have been some injuries. Whatever, they beat the crap out of them. They beat a very good Packers team on the way here. They beat arguably the best roster in the NFL with the with the Saints. Mm-hmm. You have that. No. You have all of that. And, yeah, and this no Bucks doubt. team wasn't even that caliber for most of the year. Yeah, you're so right. If, so if the this Bucks team, we know the roster is among the most talented in the league. If they come out playing from week one, the caliber right. they were playing from week fourteen or week fifteen on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean we said it. Why, we said why it all change anything? We said all season long that this was a team that could be so good if they stopped beating themselves. And once they became that team, they started winning all over the place in the regular yeah. season in the playoffs. Um, you know that was. Again, like that is the kind of potential talent that we're talking about with this team all the time. Now, I think you're right. They can be even better this upcoming season. Bringing Saka back helps keep that continuity. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, even guys like Ross Cocker we're getting to start to talk about now. Um, can they bring a guy like that back? What happens with the depth of the defensive line? Uh, we'll talk about that as well. But uh, Jonathan Stone, appreciate the super chat, $10 super chat. Big shout out. Thank you guys a little bit yes. for the super chats of recent. Uh, that has been a nice little boost getting those back for sure. Uh, he says that red zone defense was lights out during the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Stoked. We were able to bring back most of our guys. Still holding out hope. Sue makes it back. Keep up the great work, guys. We really expect Sue to be back. We're not necessarily reporting anything here that people don't know, but we really expect Sue to be back. We just think it's a timing thing. I think Sue knows they want him back. They know they want Sue back. I think they're just like, wait, we're going to clear the space you want, then we're going to sign you. And I think Sue believes that. And I think it's kind of just that's – I think that's where we're at right now. You never know. Some things could get crazy out of nowhere, but uh, the Bucs want him back. And, again, the other thing with the Bucs, why I feel so strongly about the fact that they'll bring him back is that there nothing has happened. You know, If you look at the yeah. Bucs and other defensive linemen around the league, they haven't really pursued anybody else that we know of so far. Also, there isn't anybody on the roster really that's uh, that's ready to step into that role. And so I think he will be one of the later free agent signings probably, um, but I definitely think that he will be back in Tampa Bay. So then the question becomes Antonio Brown. Is he getting other offers? Uh, we're not sure. Uh, what Antonio, we have it's been very quiet on the Antonio Brown front. We know there's interest in Leonard Fournette. We've talked about it in the show. We believe that he's probably getting more money and more opportunity from other teams, probably definitely Seattle. Yeah. Um, and then we would think New England as well. The question Seattle's is, does he want to leave Tampa Bay? Because he loves Tampa Bay. So yeah. we'll see. Seattle's such a meme, man. I joked about it with Trevor today. I said, you know, if, oh, man. if the bear, if, if if two of those Bears starters were running backs, they may have accepted that trade. Right. Uh, we talked about for, we talked about it before the pod. Three firsts, a third, and two unnamed starters by the Seahawks or uh, by the Bears 
to the Seahawks for Wilson, no go. But you know, it's, if those have it, been if those have been Tarek Cohen, you know, and <laughs> another, David Montgomery, maybe we got our, yeah, maybe we got ourselves a trade going, yeah. But um, yeah, I think Leonard Fournette, former top five draft pick, um, we know he's got talent coming into the league. He's had good years. He had a phenomenal playoff run. You know, there's a team out there that looks at that playoff run and they go, "Man, we can get them back to." You know, back to Pro Bowl caliber. We can get, we can fix them. We got the offensive line. We got the coaching. We can make this guy a twelve hundred yard back again. And I just think that there's going to be enough general managers that will find him affordable enough. And by affordable enough, I mean affordable in the scheme of the league, but more expensive than the Bucks will want to pay to land him somewhere. Right. And no, I think potentially sure. we talked about it the other day the same thing with Antonio Brown for different right. reasons, obviously. Then talent because we know that's not an issue with ab right um but i think same thing you're right yeah exactly we'll talk about the other bucks uh restricted free agent that was brought back actually we'll talk about their restricted free agent situation in general with the bucks right now because there's a lot going on on that front as well for sure but i do want to give a shout out to locker room locker room is a social audio app that is changing the way we talk about sports it is the only place for live audio conversations about the takes rumors news and teams you care about react to sports news as it happens gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games rep your favorite teams and find your community better sports talk is just a tap away download on the apple app store and join the conversation Locker room again, great stuff. I know what so tomorrow much night, fun tomorrow night. You tomorrow and night, Matt and I will be going live. That'll be awesome. I was waiting for something live to happen, or for something uh, to actually for news breaking to happen, and then react to it. Of course, suck up happens right before we're about to go on the podcast. And we have to come on here. Exactly right. So now we've got to wait for so when Sue or something like that happens, I will be going live on locker room and reacting to that and getting some people in there to talk about that, and we'll probably deviate into some draft talk at whatever position we're talking about too, your offensive line, things like that. Um, so we'll see what happens with those regards, but definitely download Locker Room, follow Peter Report on the Locker Room app. A lot of fun conversations being uh, happening in there for sure right now. Um, so so here's an interesting thought from Long Lost Glazer before we get into the Bucks RFAs. Um, strictly from a business standpoint, Carlton Davis has a ton of leverage over this current roster construction. He could threaten a long-term extension or hold out demand a trade. Can't compete without him. I get the thought process a little bit, but it's it's not going to happen. I mean, Carlton Davis. I just yeah. First of all, Carlton Davis is a good player, but for sure, no question. I think he's I think he's a really good player, and I think people don't realize how good he was last. They realized how good Carlton Davis was last year. He's got to play this season, like he really does. He's got to play this year um, and prove that and earn the big money deal. I think that you know before this season he wasn't on the radar for many people this season i think he should be on the radar for a lot more people but it's not like carlton davis has had three lights out years he was a first round pick then yeah. he's gonna you know if he were to hit free agency today he'd break the bank but if he has another lockdown year and he and he falls number ones and he plays at that level he's probably he's going to be in position for that kind of a deal so he just doesn't have the kind of leverage for a big contract yet that you need to be and this was his first year with ball production this was his first year being recognized as a number one that could that could follow other number ones it's just not enough time. If he had done this for three years, maybe he'd have a point, but it's just not going to happen with, with as little as he's put out there right now. He needs another season like that. Then yes, you're going to be talking about Carlton Davis getting paid like one of the top corners in the league. I think if he has another year like that, so that's going to be one of the storylines to watch. We talked about with Brad yesterday in the podcast, could they extend Donovan Smith? And then, and that might be, by the way, the next thing on the docket, we'll talk about that in a second too. Uh, could they extend 
Donovan Smith? Could they extend um, Ryan Jensen? Uh, could they sign Chris Godwin? Could they sign Carlton Davis? Could all those things happen? Um, and he said, yes, they could for sure. Uh, they could happen. You're just going to have more money tied up long-term in those players. So they've got to continue yeah. to play well. I'm not worried about that with Chris Godwin personally uh, at all. Uh, Donovan Smith. Yes. I think there'd be reason to be concerned about that. Corners can be volatile to a degree, but at the same time, number one corners always get paid. So I want to see how Carlton Davis plays this year. I, I, you know, I've praised him up and down for last season, right Taylor, but I definitely want to see more of a sample size before I'm ready to commit to him long-term. No, I completely agree. And Carlton Davis, extremely good this season. Extremely good. I know we had the, I know everybody and their mother who hasn't watched a ton of Bucks football will always point back to the Tyreek Hill game because oh, that's God. the one. So annoying, dude. Every if, time yeah, I say something positive about Carlton Davis, it's like, oh, Tyreek Hill this. I'm like, dude, oh, Tyreek like Hill, blah, blah, freaking blah. half out of the season. One game. And, and you know what? If if anybody in the league is, held, is, is left on an island, they were running single high. They were running single high coverage. He wasn't even Chiefs. a bad position. He was in good position almost all those. Yeah, just, he just ah. got beat because Tyreek Hill is arguably the best and the fastest wide receiver in the NFL, and that's what happens. Right. Like, that's what happens when you're left out to dry against Tyreek Hill for an entire half, and you have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. Like, that's what's going to happen. The rest of the season, he was phenomenal. Right. He was right. really good. He shaded number one wide receivers. He followed them across the field. He great played against Michael coverage. Thomas, great against Allen Robinson. Yep. I mean, just a great season. He just really great did. all around. Yeah. Now, granted, he would, like you said, he would have to have another one of those to build on because he's yeah. had good seasons in his first three. This was his first, what I would call, phenomenal season. Right. This you was know, his this first was- this was a top 10 type season. I think he was yeah. a top 10 corner in the league this year for sure. This was next level. He would need right. to have another season like that. But again, I think even Carlton Davis at his best, while he is important, I don't think he's some irreplaceable building block of the defense. I think he's extremely important to the defense. I think it would hurt to lose him, and I think it would be tough to replace him. Mm-hmm. But he's not a Vita Vea. Right. He's not a Devin White, a Levante David, a Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Someone that you look at and you go, if we don't have them, we will probably not be able to replace him. This defense won't function. You still have a lot of talent and speed in SMB. I know he struggled for a lot of the year, but we've seen him play well in the past. We saw him play really good in the playoffs. If he bounces back and starts the year like he did in the playoffs and not the rest of the regular season in 2020, then you've got yourself a really a really good, reliable slot cornerback who can play outside. If Jamel Dean takes the kind of step forward like he did in his rookie year compared to some of last year he had flashes last year he can be another one real big real long real fast he can be another really good cornerback and you can live with those guys and you add another guy to free agency if you keep ross cockrell he's another guy that can step in and play but i think he will be important don't think he's a building block or irreplaceable are are you talking about carlton davis yeah carlton davis oh wow okay so i see him as i actually voted for carlton davis for mvp of the defense last season and here's why consistently I thought he his ability to take away a team's number one wide receiver and allow them to play as much single high as they did and allow that with two other corners that let's just be honest struggled most of the year a good yeah. chunk of the year um for him to be able to do that without him imagine if they didn't have Carl Davis in last year's defense like and that I think is the long lost Glazers point is that he was really valuable to this team last year I mean Again, I think extremely thought thought Devin White had a great finish to the season if we're if we're being honest and unbiased he was not that good all season long. He was toward the end. Yes, he peaked, and I think he's going to carry it over. And I won't care what he did in the first half of twenty or first three quarters of twenty twenty. I'm just being honest. Like when you talk the whole season as a sample size, I really think the guy that the 
was Carlton Davis because because of what he provides the defense in terms of a role, his ability to match up with other teams, number ones. There are very few corners around the league that another team can ask to do that, follow him even into the slot in a lot of yeah. situations, and consistently played at a high level. Remember, they didn't have Vita Vea most of the season. So, again, you take a guy like that out of consideration for the MVP award. I think Levante David's in that conversation, but he's a linebacker. You know, what's most yeah. teams are trying to run offense through their number one receiver. That's the responsibility of Carlton Davis for most of the season. He did a very good job of that. So without him, they're left to Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, and for some of the season, Ross Cockrell, for other parts of the season, God help us. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it would have been a tough hey, situation. Hey, Herb, Herb Miller That's true. had an interception. That's right. Herb stepped up. Herb did step up. Uh, no question about that. Um, so, yes, there's a lot to think about with Carlton Davis for sure. Um, this is a big season for him, no doubt. The Bucs need him to be huge. Uh, they needed him to be huge going into the last year. I said, I think I wrote that. And I wrote coming out of the bye week where he had struggled coming into the bye week a little bit those for the two weeks before yeah. uh, the Rams game and the Chiefs game were the two toughest games of the year for him, uh, although everybody was lost in the Rams game. Um, but I think that uh, coming out of that bye week, I wrote Shaq Barrett and Carlton Davis have to be the best two defensive players for the Bucs the rest yeah. of the season. I think they were. I think I really think they I, were. I agree. I mean, they really were that good. Um, you know, so and obviously Devin White turned it on in the playoffs, which was huge. But those guys were were great uh, down the stretch of the season, and they needed them to be great. I mean, Carlton Davis against the Vikings was phenomenal. Um, what he did in that game was uh, coming out of that bye was great. So lots to look forward to for sure. But they are huge. They're they're uh, pivotal players for sure. Um, Patrick Peterson, according to Barnes, one year, going, ten million. We're going off. Yes, we're going off the chat here. So your Barnes is saying Adam Schefter said. Uh, Patrick Peterson reached agreement, one-year deal, $10 million deal with the Vikings. It actually makes sense. The Vikings have like three rookies at corner, young guys. He they did say that. A little bit of that. But Patrick Peterson is bad. I mean, uh, he is not – I mean, I love Patrick Peterson. I think he's had a great career. He was unquestionably bad last year and honestly most of the year before that. So I I wasn't really interested in him in Tampa Bay, to be honest. And uh, I think it's – I can't believe $10 million. That must be incentives. And they always yeah. announce it with incentives. That's That's got to be like a $5, 6000000 million deal. I mean – and just see what he's got left in the tank. And there's a bunch of incentives if he goes crazy and has a great year again. But Scott, one that, uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Sorry. One that Almond just tweeted out, and I just saw it in the chat. Uh, Aaron Stinney's one year is 1.25. The tender would have been 2.1. So he's 1.25 with incentives that can push it up to 2.1. Which, so that, not super important, but I know you guys would want to hear that. Um, we haven't reported that yet. No numbers had come out. Greg Almond of The Athletic. Just tweeted that out. Um, super worth it. I mean, right. he's one of your core depth pieces. He stepped yep. in. I mean, he, dude, if he doesn't play a snap all season, what he did in those three playoff games against the Saints, the Packers, the Chiefs, he deserves it. Oh, I mean, good and, for him. Man. He just made himself a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, millionaire. Congratulations. Yeah. Man. Probably the first time you can say that right now. Right. I mean, that's great. Just for he got his opportunity. He yeah. was ready. I mean, again, I, was Aaron Stinney amazing? No, but he was good enough and he hung in there and he was tough and physical and he executed, didn't make mistakes. Uh, you know, that was the key. So I don't see a future starter when I watch him. No. I think traits wise, he's just really lacking for a ceiling like that. But he's earned himself the opportunity to be a key backup for this team. And then when Alex Kappa, I'm sure this will be his last season with the Bucs. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here, but looking at all the contracts they've got to evaluate, I can't imagine him being high in the pecking order there. Um, even though he had a great season this past year, just reality with paying Marpet what they're paying him. Uh, you know, If Kappa, as Kappa moves on, Sandy's going to have a chance to compete 
to replace him. And they'll probably draft somebody this year that will compete. And I'm sure next yeah. year they're going to let Kappa go and bring in a guard for cheaper to compete. And, you know, they'll stockpile some bodies. That's what you do in a super window. You let guys like that go and you keep the window open by not sinking money into those guys, not sinking money into the Andres Pete's New Orleans Saints, not sinking money in the Taysom Hills. <laughs> those are the guys you let go uh, and you keep the window open by replacing those guys and, and not missing terribly on those replacements even if they're not as good can they sustain you know this level this standard you know basically without even if they're not up here um with are you the saying that the bucks should not give john franklin 16 million dollars a year and let him play wide receiver and quarterback on third downs taking your all-time great quarterback off the field imagine if they did that in, how dude think about it 60 they pay them like 16 million dollars a year he's a special teamer basically who can play like tight end and dude, 16 million of, I, think, I think that one of the one of the most like one of the most pleasing moments i think i think it happened this year it was like a third and one and you've got michael thomas and you've got drew Brees. who else would you rather have on the field you know for a third and one yeah. and they take him off and they bring in Taysom hill and they run an outside zone and levante take him down for a you know a loss of three and it's fourth and four and you just go you just paid that guy 16 million dollars to do that Right. Sorry, oh, that's a little me. bit of a rant, but man, it's if he starts for the if he starts for the Saints this season, and the Bucks beat them, and they just whoop up on him. Oh man, the rip game is going to be insane. I've Boy. got so many, Boy. Got so many tweets ready, but I like to wait for the moment. I don't want to just out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm waiting for moments. You know what I mean? But it's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. I can't wait. I can't wait for the season, man. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. But oh, we do so have free agency to get through, right? I mean, we have some of these moves that are still left on the table. So let's talk about these RFAs you mentioned, Aaron Stinney. Also. It was Jack Cicci who did not get uh, the tender offer. No surprise yeah. there. The Bucks had actually cut him, brought him back with some injuries, um, and in, in or was it a COVID? I can't remember what it was. Uh, but they ended up bringing him back off New England's practice squad, maybe or something like that. And now yeah. he's going to be available to. He's he's going he's a free agent right now, so we'll see what happens with him. But again, wouldn't expect him to be back. So we'll see who ends up departing from the Bucks. You know, right now again, it's been a little bit crazy. But I do wonder if if Ryan Suckup's deal closes the door for somebody like Leonard Fournette. I do wonder that, Taylor. Because how yeah. much longer is Fournette going to want to wait when he has actual interest? We know that. Dominican Sue, different situation in my opinion. Those guys, they may how many different teams are going to be in on Dominican yeah. Sue? What is he? 33, 34 years old. Everybody in the league knows he wants to stay in Tampa. Tampa's made it clear that they've had conversations with him. He wants to stay I don't think you're going to have teams ringing Dominican Sue's phone off the hook. I really just yeah. don't think you are. I think everybody's kind of like knows I, I think this. I'm not saying this is a fact. I'm just. I mean, saying. didn't even Shaq Barrett say today that he didn't get a ton of calls? I think yeah. because it was. So it was. I'm not saying because people weren't interested, right. but I think maybe it was such a kind of like tongue in cheek, like you give I mean, you give maybe, Rosenhaus a call and it's kind of like maybe. It, I think the writing was on the wall for the Bucks and him to get yeah. the number they wanted for a long time, and and maybe whatever Rosenhaus wanted, Shaq was clearly very happy with with what ended up happening. So, yeah. oh, again with Lenny. You're in a totally different situation. You're in a different situation. Sue, AB, Gronk. These guys are all older. They're later in their careers. They're not going anywhere. This is the window they want to be. This is where they want to be. Again, so it, it becomes a situation with Leonard. You got to make a decision, man. Like you got two teams interested you in an offseason where there's a ton of talented dudes that aren't signed by anybody right now. So yeah. you've got to look at your options and say, where's my career going? And, and you know, you've got to pull the trigger on that. And they just gave money to suck up. So I wonder if it doesn't. I wonder if by the end of the night, basically, we'll we'll uh, see something happen with Thunder Fournette. Wouldn't shock me if it that spurs him to go to another team. See, I don't know. I mean, again, 
maybe Leonard Fournette really just wants to come back and try to win another Super Bowl. I, I don't know. And and but how big can the Bucks offer be? I mean, the next thing they're going to have to do is a restructure something to clear space. Yeah. Cap space. I don't think they have really any cap space um, um, for this season right now uh, until they clear more, and they will clear more for Sue and and for other moves they need to make. But that's the next step for them. And is he going to wait for that to happen? You know, while well, Seattle and another thing is. They, I, I think that they paid more for Gronkowski than we expected, with ten, with what eight million base up to ten million. I think that's more than we expected Gronkowski to get. Yeah. Um, they paid, I think, clearly more than any of us but Scott thought he would get. Well, the void and years. All of a sudden, the, the void years changed. Yes, the game. We didn't know how absolutely. willing they'd be to use the void years, but Gronkowski basically, you know, we we said one year deal, eight million. Well, they're not going to pay him eight million in in twenty twenty. We said so. That's yeah. off the table for twenty twenty one. I'm sorry. So that's off the table. Well, they aren't. They're paying a four million, and they're kicking the other four down the road yeah. with void years. That was the trouble with us and our battle That's plans. Right. And, and so, you know, in doing those one-year deals, there was nowhere for us to spread the cap. When we did David yeah. and Barrett, it was easy. It's like, oh, we'll just we know they'll spread it out so that the year we'll one hit as well. We're right about that. We just didn't know about the void years for the one-year contracts. That that was made, what made the predictions harder for Gronk and for Sue, and or, well, what we're thinking will be Sue. But at some point, the money just starts to shrink up. I think after Shaq Barrett's settlement today, over the cap had him at nine point eight million in cap space, and then you lock two point eight in to suck up something like that, and then all of a sudden you have to get Sue back, you have to get a couple guys back, and you go, how much can you realistically give Lenny? How much can you realistically offer him? If you if you just sit there and you go, okay, we give you one year, one point five million. Two well, here's the real deal. Here's the real deal, Taylor. Right now, the Bucks are paying Gronk what eight million, maybe up to ten. OJ's making six. Cam Braid's making six and a half. Yeah, it just can't happen. You cannot have three tight ends no. making this. So we are. We I know no ten percent of your cap and three ten and three tight ends. There's, you can't justify it. You have to ask. He has to take a significant pay cut, down to like three mil at most. Yeah. And you use that money to sign and whoever I, else, or not? You can't have three tight ends in that kind of money. With the Bucks, like it's just look I, at this team. Look at the roster. It's yeah, just, you can't have. I kind of think I kind of think go Brady and, does it. I mean, yes, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, do this with OJ Howard." We've talked about this in the podcast too, but OJ Howard's not going anywhere because he, you have to prove that OJ Howard is fully healthy, and you can't do that with an Achilles injury at this point in time. No, otherwise his contract's guaranteed if he gets cut. So they have to pay him anyway, so it wouldn't save him anything. So it's got to be great. It's the only option. And I don't care. OJ Howard's ceiling is still so freaking high. The yeah. dude is an, is like a superhero. If you ever see him in the locker room, I mean, it's like every single one of his muscles. Is yeah. so and Tom Brady knows it. You like he is an absolute freak. I know he's a freak, like, and everybody's tired of hearing that. But it's not like he's never done anything on the field either. No, I know he's been hurt. No, and that's has. frustrating. But he has been legitimately good on the field. He's been if good. Trust. I've written about it. I've showed you on the tape how he's been good. I've talked. Pro Football Focus's grades. They had him was one of the top tight ends in the league before he got hit. Just because he's able to create that space and that separation, I think Brady's going to give him the confidence if he can just yes. stay healthy. I honestly think. And I know fans get tired of it, and I totally get it. You get tired of hearing to say it. I'm usually the first guy to be like, two or three years in, if it ain't happening, it probably ain't happening. I've said all along, I think he's going to be a late-blooming career, kind of like a Jared Cook type of situation yes. where it took Jared Cook – You know, there were drops, there were some mental mistakes. He couldn't block as well as people hoped he would. It was the same type of thing for OJ. But it was it was coming together last year, man. I'm telling you, I was pumped about his blocking. Yeah. He remember the Denver catch. He was making plays, and the charge game – and again, it hurts. So again, and maybe if you get the end of the season, he's hurt again. 
there, you know, it is what it is. You just move on. Maybe he's healthy the rest of his career. God love him. I hope he is. Um, because I really think the guy is is an awesome dude. I really enjoy yeah, him. He is. Um, and, and I'm not saying that doesn't play in the analysis. I just really think that he's I think he's good. I do this, I scout these kind of guys all the time. I don't think he's an Eric Ebron type or something like that. I don't think the comparison's fair at all. He's a different, he's a different type of dude. Um, and so I think that there's uh yeah, there's something there. But with Bray, you can't do it. You can't. I love Cam Brayton. I think he's. No. I'd love to have him. If he takes two mil a year, okay, that's a different story. I just don't think yeah. it's going to be the case. I don't think that's what's going to happen with him. And so um, that's where they get into a situation where. And here's the thing, Taylor. Even if they don't need that money to bring back an Andamakan Sue or an Antonio Brown, I'd rather them put that money into signing an edge rusher, a third edge rusher yeah. to have, or another defensive tackle, another pass rusher that could step in. I love Cam Brait, but it's just a reality. They have so many weapons. If AB's back, especially so many weapons. If your tight end, top tight end gets hurt, or if, Bray, if Howard gets hurt, you're gonna run Gronk like you do, like you, you did last Gronk. year anyway, all the time. And you've got you sign somebody Hudson, else, to, yeah, right, and and or Claire, whatever it is at that point in time, you just deal with it. Brady can throw at any of these dudes. You know, you don't need three tight ends that are that are that good. Um, but you do need more pass rushers for sure. You need more and you need to find ways to continue to impact the pocket, not have the droughts that they had at certain times uh, last season, especially against some of the top O-lines that they played. And so I think that's important. So again, I just think that cap space right now is getting eaten by Cam Bray, who I like, but at the yeah. end of the day, like you just got to face reality. Like it's it, again, it's that money can be used in better places for this team. You can always play the, what if everybody gets hurt game? At the end of the day, like that's a risk you take going into every NFL season. You can't be that deep at every single spot, and tight end is certainly not one uh, that is that critical. You can get a blocker to be that third tight end. Yeah. Um, if somebody gets hurt, you're not going to have receiving. You'll still have blocking, and that's that you need to run your offense. You might get the high-end plays that you would get from a receiver in the offense. You get the receiving production somewhere else. And, and you get the blocking that you need from that third spot. That's really all. That's really all you need. I think that's the best allocation of resources. I would say. Yeah, I completely agree. I just have to wonder if he. How much do you think Bray gets from another team? I know you've said we've talked about it before, but I want you to. How much do you think he gets realistically? Eight. Not that much. Probably not that much. Um, Six. I think he gets. So to me, I don't know how the Bucks are willing to pay him more than three. I mean, that would you know maybe I'm totally wrong. I again maybe they just love him and they just don't want him to leave. I, yeah, but it's just hard for me to imagine. I think if he goes somewhere else, he'd get at least five. I mean, five or six. That would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, again, tight ends are just not that common around the league. He has shown that he's a good route runner. He can catch. He's not a bad athlete. He can play in the slot. Uh, he gets open. He's consistent. Um, he can help a team. There's no question he can help a team. So I think he get I think he get five probably if I was guessing. And again, there's just no way the buy. I mean, they didn't pay him five last year. They're definitely not gonna pay him five this year. Nope. I, um so yeah, it brings me, I thought, yeah, five to seven, I think would be his cap. Um realistically, if you think five or six is on the table somewhere else, if the Bucks are willing because of their loyalty factor, if they're willing to keep him at four, three and a half, four. I think in my battle plan, I was cutting him down from six point five to three point five. I just, just want all the. the I just here. want all the space. I want all the space. Yeah, I want. I want six and a half. That's just me. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. Just me. I want six and a half yeah. to do stuff. I want to bring in a D line, one of these Justin Houston or somebody like that. To have. I'm just you know, trying just, to think from the Bucks perspective. From the Bucks perspective, you might be right. I mean, they like from the, yeah from from a from a realistic standpoint. 
all emotions, all real person things aside. Yeah. I mean, you can't pay and it's, I know he's reliable and he's got good hands and everything, but he's just, he's not OJ. He's right. not Gronk. And, and people talking about trading OJ, there's no way you're going to get one. value for OJ off an Achilles one year injury. left with one year. With an Achilles injury? Exactly right. Yeah. With an Achilles injury. You're not going to get anything. There's not a value there. It's you can't OJ's here, man. Like there's just no way to justify yeah. moving on from love right it. Now, get used to so, Right. Exactly. You got to make the most of it. And I think that they can, I mean, Brady, he was the guy Brady was all Brady talked about it more than yeah. anybody else. Anybody else every day. It was like, I'm telling you, OJ, and this is part of the Brady. This is him. He knows who needs the confidence boost and OJ Howard needed it. And he was playing this best football that I've ever seen him play. Um, you know, that 2018 season was pretty good actually, but I, yeah. you know, I, at least as good as that season when he was making plays like that, um, I think he can have a really nice year. I really think he can. And uh, I, I don't give up on talent like that for a guy like him, right? I'm sorry. I like him, right? It's just yeah. the reality. Like, it's not no, a smart I agree. Move. I agree. It's OJ Howard, oh, man. If I see him, if I can see him streaking down the sideline on a Y leak, that is my favorite playing football. Oh, I've talked gosh, to you about man. it. Y leak is yeah. my favorite playing football. Little play action, bootleg with Brady, yeah. looks over to the left side, and OJ, Jameis hit uh, hit, hit uh, OJ for a Y leak touchdown. I think it was like 75 right. yards against the New York Giants a couple years ago. Right. Oh my God. Those deep crossers. Someone mentioned it like Gronk made his life on the right. way he can get open. The athleticism, the speed he can block. He can block like, I mean, now, I mean, Gronkowski was blocking like a tackle last year. Yeah, so I can't that, say necessarily yeah. like him, but like, that's the he, thing though, a, right? Like if you have Cam Brate and, and Gronk and Gronk gets hurt, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you've got to have your third tight end's got to be a specialty blocker. Cam he's he's going to be playing yeah. every down, right? Exactly. You're, you're going to, but if Cam gets hurt and OJ steps in, then okay, you still got the receiving blocking combination yes. that you need to potentially be able to do all the things you did before. Again, he's not as good a blocker as Gronk is, especially in pass protection, who is, but um, you have, you keep that flexibility with their offense with OJ. Yeah. You lose it with Cam Bray. Again, and I like Cam Bray. I love, I wish, I'm glad he was around last year. I wanted him to trade him midseason. He ended up becoming really valuable to the team and it ended up working out. But I'm just saying, you know, if OJ and Gronk get hurt, obviously we're going to wish Bray was still yeah. here, but that you could do that all day in every position. It just sign Mercedes Lewis. Let's go, Alien. I love it. Sign Aliens Mercedes been reading Lewis. your battle plan. I'm telling you, dude. Sign Mercedes Lewis for sure. I'd love it. Great blocker. He actually put Jason Pierre Paul, bodied him 10 yards down the field and put him on his backside this season in the game. I could not believe it. Jason Pierre Paul, yeah. man. He just, I mean, he's, he's a savage. He's crazy. Uh, I'm telling you, he's 37 and he's still playing. He's like, I don't, right after the season, I have no plans to retire. None. Yep. He's like, I'm trying to get a ring. So I love him. He's great in the locker room too. Everybody loves him. So um, we'll see what happens. Wow. We've got some Earl Thomas love out of nowhere. Frederick Garrett is representing the Earl Thomas. I left field. I haven't heard that name in a while. They've got three pretty good safeties. I think they're all right uh, at that point in time. But all right. So great stuff on the pod. We ended up talking about a million different things. I don't even know where this conversation yeah. went. Started with suck up. We moved through a million different topics on the pod. Uh, so it's been fun tomorrow. We are back on the podcast. Um, I'll be back with Mark. I believe on the podcast tomorrow. We'll talk about all the other bucks moves that hopefully happen in the next 24 hours. Um, we'll discuss all of that. We'll take more of your questions as well. Wrap out free a wrap up free agency week. Uh, with a bang and a flourish coming out of this week. Excited for it for sure. So until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.